Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, and then I'm going to read 14 and on. But this is Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Verse 14, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Everyone say crossover. Say it like you're glad to be here. Say crossover. Okay need some convincing this morning. Verse 17, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Verse 16, one more time. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. I want to preach uh, for a couple of moments from the subject keys to cross over. Keys to cross over, keys to cross over, keys to cross over. Find one more person. Maybe you haven't greeted them yet, but find them and tell them I'm crossing over. Come on, tell them I'm crossing over. If you're watching this online, just kind of hit your chest. Say, I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. I'm crossing over. Father, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So 40 years ago, 40 years ago, the children of Israel were supernaturally delivered from Egypt. After 400 years of Egyptian oppression, God delivers Israel, and they begin the journey to the promised land 40 years earlier from Joshua 3. Now, that may or may not sound significant to you, but it is significant because the journey should have taken 14 days. But it took 40 years uh, because of their attitude, because of their complaining, because of their hard hearts towards the Lord. They had to keep wandering in the wilderness. And literally the whole generation that got delivered from Egypt never even made it into the promised land. That whole generation ended up dying in the wilderness. And it was their children 40 years later that finally took on the promised land. And so you got to understand that this group of people um, had never experienced what they were about to experience. Their ancestors had experienced Egypt, the land of not enough. They've only experienced the wilderness, which is the land of just enough. Now, let me stop you right there when I talk about wilderness. Wildernesses, is that a word? I just made it up. The wilderness... is determined by us. The wilderness is not a hot oven and you're a cake and God throws you in there and goes, I'll be back in 40 years. And you're in there baking, going, God, get me out of here. No. God says, you determine the time. You want to keep wandering? Wander. You want to have no faith? Have no faith. You want to keep complaining? Keep complaining. But I've got a land of milk and honey for you whenever you're ready to leave this and move into that. So if you're in a wilderness today and you're going, God has me in it, God might have led you into it, but now it's up to you to get out of it using your faith. 
Okay, amen, preacher. So they've now experienced the land of the wilderness, which is just enough. They, they had food, they had manna, they had quail, they had water, but they never walked in abundance. But now they're about to leave that place and they are going to the promised land, the land of more than enough, the land that was called the land flowing with milk and honey. It is the, it is the land of provision, the land of abundance, the land where God has really prepared for you to be. And let me just remind you that Hebrews 4 says that there is a rest and a place for the people of God. That means that God has a place for you God has an idea for you. God has a destiny and destination for you. And his will for your life is not to wander in the wilderness forever, just getting by. He has a place of abundance for you. It's not a perfect place. There's gonna be giants. There's gonna be enemies. There's gonna be some battles. But it is the place of perfect, supernatural provision for you. And I want you to get there. Anybody wanna get there? Okay. In order to get there, you're going to have to cross over. And there's going to be some Jordans along the way that you're going to have to cross over. Let me just say it like this, that this isn't a one-time thing, but there will be many times in your life that between you and what God has for you is a major transition moment. And I want to give you some things I see from the text that are going to help you every time it's time to cross over. Every time it's time to pass beyond this limitation and into all God has for you. So this is really gonna encourage you and especially if you know there's more for you, if you're believing God for some things in 2020, I'm telling you, I've, I've got some keys today that are gonna unlock some things that are gonna help you walk in the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for you. Keys to cross over. Let me give you the first key. Number one, go all in for tomorrow. Oh man. I don't know if this one's gonna be exciting or not, but it's really gonna change your life. Okay, who's, who's 25 and under? Can I see your hands? Okay, I'm about to change your life. Y'all ready? I'm about to change your life. Who's 25 and older? Y'all ready? I'm about to change your life for real. Okay, because it's for everybody. <laughs> I don't know why I get these dumb things to say, but I... <laughs> some of you just didn't raise your hand. You're like, I'm neither. I'm timeless. Okay, well, it's for you too, diva. <laughs> Verse five, consecrate yourselves today for tomorrow I'll do amazing things. Yes. This is big. Do things today that are preparing you for an amazing future but you're not going to see it today. You're going to see it later. I don't like that. I know. That's why a lot of us never consecrate today. Because we say, I'll consecrate today when today's amazing. And God goes, you don't get amazing without consecration. Well, I know consecration is a big word, so let me define it really quickly. To treat as sacred. To make holy or to treat as holy. To set apart to dedicate as unto the Lord. God is saying, I want you to treat today as sacred so that when opportunity knocks, you're prepared for what's on the other side. I need you to do some things today that you will not feel are significant today, but they are significant. 
but they're preparing you for tomorrow. You're not really going to see the effects today. And see, I think God actually does it this way to stretch you because we're in America. We want it right here. We want it right now. That's our culture. We put popcorn in the microwave and then we stare at it. We go into the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A and there's two cars in front of us. And we're like, okay, come on. My pleasure. Let's go. <laughs> and, and, and we want it right now. And God goes, that's not how I work. And we bring it into the church. I tithe God. Let's go. It's been three minutes since I tithed. Or the windows. God, I've been coming. To, God, it's January 26th. I've been to church. 5th, 12th, 19th. I've been to church four times in January, God. Where's the miracle? And we want it fast. And God goes, no, consecrate today. And I, you hear what God's saying? I ain't doing nothing today. That was my GED right there. Sorry. I'm not going to do anything today. I like my way better. I ain't doing nothing today. But it's preparation. You have to learn, and I talked about this a little bit last week. I'm just, I'm going on on this again. You have to learn how to do something today that you don't see any fruit of right now, but you know, but you know it's preparing for a better future. Consecrate today for tomorrow. I'm gonna do amazing things. I'm not doing anything amazing today. Think about it. I mean, that's pretty crazy preaching. But God goes, but I'm gonna do something awesome tomorrow if you'll treat today as sacred, if you'll treat today as holy. This is such a massive key to your life. Proverbs 29, 18, without a vision, the people perish. You have to get a vision for tomorrow that you don't see it today. You see it in your spirit for your future. And it becomes so real to you that you're willing to do things today that could even look foolish, that don't gratify, that don't satisfy, that don't seem to be doing anything, but it's not about today. It's about where I'm going. Such a big thought. I gotta do things today for my children. I have to do things today for my next generation. I have to do things today that are gonna set me up for my retirement. I have to do things today that are setting me up for my future. That's why, by the way, that's why financial peace is so important. Because here's Dave Ramsey going to tell you, get out of debt. He's going to tell you, start saving. He's going to tell you, cut up your credit cards. He's going to tell you to live on a budget. He's going to tell you, live below your means. And none of it's going to feel good. (laughs) But in 5, 10, 15, 20 years later, you're going to look like a genius So I did these things in my 20s, and now I'm 36, and I'm like, thank God for Dave Ramsey. But you're going to watch these videos, and he's going to look right in the camera and go, you're stupid. You're stupid buying that car. You're stupid leasing that big truck. You're stupid, because he's a southern, he's a really mean guy. And you're like, I'm stupid. Then you get smart. And then, you, and, then, and then you follow the principles. And it doesn't feel good right now until your finances start to change. I'm just telling you, you gotta consecrate today. 
I have to see today as sacred. I have to see today as supernatural, even if it is not sensational. We've, we've, we've screwed up and we've called, we've called sensational supernatural. Oh, that was a service. Oh man, God was, no, we were, it just was emotional. It was just loud. It was just, <laughs> that preacher preached. What did he talk about? I don't know, but I was on my feet. <laughs> too real, too real. And, and we've, we've actually called, we've called sensational supernatural and we've missed it. <laughs> we've called, we've called spectacular supernatural and we've missed it and anytime life doesn't feel spectacular we think it's not supernatural i would i would bet that's the most sacred time of your life i've talked a lot for you who are new i've talked a lot about this idea of mundane mondays because i've got these mundane mondays mondays is my chill day and it's mundane and it's boring monday for me usually uh, involves me waking up as late as goldie will allow and then we go eat pancakes. And it's fire. It's so good. But it's pretty mundane. It's pretty boring. I walk into our little place, neighbors over here. It's not like my place, but it's like our place. And we walk in, and I look homeless, you know, because I... That's, that, and, and Goldie looks pretty much homeless, too. And they're like, do you need free food? We're like, no, we'll pay. And so we go in, and... And I order my eggs and, and bacon, no carbs. And then she orders her pancakes. And then she eats two bites. And then, come on, somebody. I, I mean well. I mean well. I mean well. Amen. And so, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if today Goldie even remembers last week's pancakes. I don't even know if by tomorrow afternoon if she'll even remember Walking into neighbors, eating our pancakes, eating our eggs. Uh, eventually, she'll get a little bored, so we'll pop on the phone, watch a little Dora Explore. Don't judge. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's, in, if it's in her psyche yet or in her heart and mind yet, but maybe around four or five, maybe around six or so, she's going to start getting that in her, in her spirit, and she's going to remember Mondays. She's going to remember Sunday. Dad's at church. Dad's working. I don't really see Dad. But, but I know on Monday I'm getting dad. She's gonna, one day she's going to remember it. So I'm consecrating Monday, Monday for the future. And one day she's going to marry a really good-looking, really rich guy. And she's going to say, hey, you need Monday, Monday with our kids. I know you're busy. I know you work a lot. I know you make a lot of money. And I know you give a lot to my parents. But come on, somebody. God, let me dream. Let me dream. I know you just bought my dad that new Tesla, but listen. <laughs> but, 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 but you, you need to take the kids out and you need to go. And she's, because she's going to have these good memories. But today it's mundane. I love this word mundane. You go, how do you love this word? I love it. It means everyday, eh. common, ordinary. I love this one, flat. Y'all ever had a flat Coke? Oh. <laughs> Usual, routine. Eh. I put that one in there. Blase. <laughs> unexcited. Can I tell you with how crazy our life is? I love unexcited days. Yeah. 
I love flat days. I love it's like eight o'clock. I'm like, go to bed. I love it. It's like the best. You, and you got to learn how to see it as sacred. It's not spectacular, but it's sacred. And I'm not going to get bored with it. I'm actually going to thank God for it. Because it's not sensational, but it's sacred. It's not, it's not spectacular, but it's supernatural. And it's preparing me for amazing things. So I'm not telling you don't believe for amazing things. I'm just telling you that the way you pray for and prepare for amazing things to come is by treating today as sacred. It's a big deal. Because what I'm doing today is affecting my children. What I'm doing today is affecting the future. What I'm doing today is affecting my retirement. What I'm doing today is going to affect what I can pass on to the next generation. What I'm doing today is going to affect you in this church, in this city. And the same is true for you. And so it is so easy that in the mundane we get bored and then we get carnal. And you actually have to learn how to see a boring day as a gift to treat as sacred and worship unto God. We're just gonna eat dinner around the table. We're just gonna eat. And I know all the kids are gonna be on their phones, but we're just gonna eat around the table. We're gonna go watch a movie. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna, and you, and you learn how to see the beauty of consecrating today. Yeah, can you say amen? Number two. Number two, go all in into God's presence. Into God's presence. Uh, I, won't, I won't read all these to you, but verse 6, 11, 13, 14, and 15 basically say the same thing. Follow the ark of the covenant into the promised land. It says follow the priest, let the priest lead. Follow the ark, stay behind the ark, follow the ark. Now, for you who, who maybe don't know, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was that representation of the presence of God. If you've ever seen Indiana Jones, you know what I'm talking about. It was that sacred symbol of the presence of the Lord. And so God tells Joshua, you just follow that. You just keep following God's presence. Oh, man. This is, this is a key. This is a key to you crossing over. This is a key to a supernatural 2020, you commit, hear me, to the tempo and rhythm of the Holy Spirit. Don't get ahead of the Holy Spirit. Don't get ahead of the priests. Don't get ahead of the ark. As they set the tone into the promised land, God told Joshua, stand behind them and follow a half mile behind. So if the priests have to change you have the time to change with it. If the ark has to go to the left, y'all can go to the left. If the ark has to go to the right, you go to the right. And you have enough distance and patience to follow the tempo and the rhythm of the Holy Spirit. We are in such a hurry in our nation, but can I tell you something? Hurry is an enemy to your destiny. I'm in a hurry. God's in a hurry. We're on a prophetic time clock. God's in a hurry. What is a prophetic time clock? I don't know what these are. I can't find one in scripture. You know what I find in scripture? I find that God is patient. And I find that God is on his own time clock. 
And, I'm, and I've found that he doesn't even share that time with anybody. Even Jesus doesn't know some things. So we're trying to set times and seasons that we're not allowed to. This is what the apostles did in Acts. They go, so when are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do this? And he goes, y'all need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-8 or 1-4 through 8. We're trying, to, we're trying to excel time, and Jesus is trying to get us filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. This is preaching right now. Um, and so while you're trying to get into something, God's trying to get you to follow something. And you, and you have to learn this pace. You have to learn this pace. The pace is, God, if you're not in it, I'm not in it. If you're not doing it, I'm not doing it. If you're not saying it, I'm not saying it. If you're not going, I'm not going. I know you're going somewhere. I know you're moving somewhere. I know you're doing something, but I refuse to do anything that you're not doing. Let me tell you what happens when you do this. The more you commit to being led by the Holy Spirit, the less you will do. Who said that? Let me just preach to you because you seem interested. The more you commit to the Holy Spirit, the less you'll do and the more fruitful you'll do because the Holy Spirit will tell you to do three or four things and you'll do it well and you'll do it with acceleration and it'll be awesome as opposed to culture telling you to do 80 things that you can't keep up with. Let me just say this. Okay, I feel this now. Even church. I want you on time for church. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. But if being on time for church means honking, cursing, running red lights, cutting people off, screaming at your wife, throwing water at your kids, spanking while you're driving, is be five minutes late and have your peace. Now, I know what y'all gonna do next week. You're gonna roll in at 1 p.m. like, pastor told me take my time. Okay, watch it. Simmer. Take it easy. But my point is, you got, you got to learn how to get in tempo with the Spirit of God. He goes on to say, Joshua, I know you've been to the promised land before, but you've never gone this way, verse 4. In other words, don't assume you know. I've done this before. I've raised a kid before. I'll raise this kid just like I raised the other. No, 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 no. You better be led by the Spirit because your kids will be different. There's a few very confused parents. Really? Yeah, that's why you're having problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've done this before. Well, this is, no, no, no. Don't assume anything. Listen to the spirit of God. Obey him. So it's such a big deal. It's such a big deal. I want to be led in 2020. I want to be led in 2020. I would rather be late in the will of God than early out of the will of God. I would rather be late in the will of God than early out of the will of God. Like, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to push me out of here because I'm going to err on, on responsibility and loyalty and family and, and integrity. I would rather be late in the will of God than early out. I'm not just trying to bounce. It's a big deal. This will really help you. Romans 8, 14. Those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. 
John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Isaiah 30, verse 21, I know these are fast, get the YouTube tomorrow. This is the way, walk in it. We really, we really miss the joy of Christianity when Christianity becomes about uh, what I can get, when Christianity is about I, uh, self-improvement, Jesus is my life coach, when Christianity is just about I don't want to go to hell, you've missed everything. You've missed everything. The whole purpose is relationship with the Father. Being led, amen, clap your hands, come on. Being led by the Spirit, hand in hand with the Spirit, enjoying fellowship, the Apostle Paul called it fellowship with the Holy Spirit, knowing God is your Father, being secure in that relationship. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That, that's what surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what I'm, that's the joy of it. The joy is hearing God, knowing God, loving God, being loved by God. That's the joy of it. That's, that's where the pleasure comes. That's where the peace comes. Not from just I'm trying to be better. But walking with the Lord. I want to be in step with the Holy Spirit. And I refuse to be in a hurry and I refuse to be rushed. And I, and I am doing all I can to what, like Jesus, I'm only doing what the Father tells me to do. I'm trying to stay right there. And if I don't have peace, I don't have peace. And you might try to rush me and you might, you might try to pressure me. But if I don't have peace, I don't have peace. And, I, and I'm following that peace. So I'm following the ark. I'm following peace. I'm obeying his voice. I'm not in a hurry, and I'm trusting his timing. Everyone said amen. Lastly, lastly, go all in before you see the change. That's a big one. Um, I guess they've all been big today, but I'm just, I'm really feeling this sermon. Can you tell? I'm like feeling it. Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is boring, Jabin. You got to do better, you know? Okay. First of all, in Joshua chapter 3, verse 8, Joshua goes up to the priest. He's like, hey, guys, so tomorrow we're going to cross. You're going to put the ark on your shoulders, and you're going to go walk into the river. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. And he walks away. But Joshua was a pretty bad soldier. I mean, he was, he was a warrior. So the priests were like, oh, okay, cool, pastor. Yeah, we got you. And they're looking at each other like, it's flood stage. You, you got to think this river that would normally be about three feet deep and 100 feet wide is now 500 feet wide and 10 feet deep. And if you need a mental picture of what it looks like, think of like whitewater rapids. And And... Joshua goes, go put the ark, put this super heavy gold box on your shoulders and go walk into the 10-foot water. And they're like, all right, pastor, yeah, praise God. Another campus. <laughs> Three services, okay. Church on Friday, you know. <laughs> Another offering. Okay, this is what they're feeling. They're like, this guy's crazy. 
kind of how you think of me sometimes. I see your faces. I love when I'm preaching stuff like this and people are like, you're crazy, dude. I'm like, I know, I know. That's all he gives them. And they have to walk into the water in flood season before it parts. Now, this is, if you know your Bible, you know that when Moses split the Red Sea, Exodus 14, if you know, you know that he never got wet, huh? He walked right up to the edge. He got his magic wand. Come on, somebody. He got his staff and he went. It'd be cool. It parts. Let me tell you why some of y'all don't have breakthrough in your life. Because that might have worked one time. You needed something from God, and you went in the name of Jesus. And that thing broke. But it's because you're a baby Christian and God was being nice. But now he wants you to grow up. So now that you're a little more mature, you go up to the same thing. You go up to your spouse. And they don't change. Because God's trying to change you. Lost my mic on that one. I was... Zapping people. And it doesn't work. And God goes, it's time to grow up. And, and he also doesn't do it like the last time so you don't put your faith in methods. I preached myself right out of that mic. That was funny. Um, you know, the, the most common miracle of Jesus is healing the blind. And every time Jesus healed the blind in the gospels, he did it a different way. I, people say, why did Jesus spit all mud? Put all? I think he just had to change it up. He's like, I've spoken to it. I've laid hands on it. I've... <laughs> Apostle John's like, I ain't doing that one, Jesus. All right. He just had to, had to keep them on their toes. And so, so we, we have more faith in methods than we do in the Holy Spirit. So we, we're trying to wave at things. And, and God goes, I know the last time you didn't have to get in the water. I know the last time you got that miracle dry, but this time you're going to have to get fully submerged. And by faith, before you see the change, you got to go all in. Well, Brother Jabin, I'll start tithing when I can afford it. Stop it. Go all in. One day I'm going to start serving. I just need to forgive a couple old pastors, a couple old people, and then I'm going to... Praise God, I'm about to move forward about 2024. I'm about to get involved. Go all in. Join a team, get around some good people, and get better. One day I'm going to join one of those small groups. One day. Now. It was, it was so the wrong time to cross. Why didn't they wait three months? Why didn't they cross when the waters were still and it looks like that baptism scene from Jesus? Why, why didn't they cross then? Because God has a way of putting you in, your, in situations that are over your head. <laughs> it's a little loud for my children's pastor, a little loud. It's like, that's me, pastor. Oh, it's such a good place to be because then you need the Holy Spirit. Uh, now think about this. 
the waters did not split. They didn't part. Did you catch it? They dammed up over by Adam. They created a great wall. And then the rest of the water flowed into the Dead Sea. Think about this. When they walked in the water, it was at full flood stage going down the river. And they start walking in the water, going deeper and deeper into the water. And can you imagine this? They're up to their chest and they're looking at each other like, what are we doing? And all of a sudden, those white water rapids, they just start to calm down. And then like a, 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 a bathtub that begins to lower, the river just starts going lower and lower. And they go from freaking out, and then it drops to their chest, and then, is this really happening? And then it's down to their belly button, and all of a sudden they start looking at each other like, yeah, yeah, we knew God was gonna come through, praise God, yeah, yeah, we knew it all the time, praise God, hallelujah. Wait right there, children of Israel, you're about to come next, praise God, hallelujah. Because when you're in it, you're freaked out. And then as God begins to work, you go, why did I ever doubt? How could I ever doubt? God, you've always done, you've always been so good. How could I ever doubt your faithfulness? Oh, come on, say amen, clap your hands. And the water's dry. And the waters go down into the Dead Sea. The ground is dry ground. And then they call three million Hebrew people, Jews, to come. And they begin to cross. This is beautiful because when they crossed, Joshua said, build a altar. Build a memorial. So when your children see it, they'll say, why is this here? And Joshua said, and you will tell them the story of when the seas bowed when you cross over parents when you cross over when you choose to cross over God makes a way and when you choose to cross over you teach the next generation oh and lastly when you choose to cross over I don't know if you caught it they crossed over right across from Jericho the first city they were going to have to go to battle with can you imagine this, Jericho? The, the warlords of Jericho are looking over their walls and they see three million Hebrews on the other side of the river and they go, okay, we have at least three months until this river dies down. We good. What are those priests doing out there? <laughs> oh, they must be worshiping. They are getting in the water. They are... <laughs> They are swimming in the water with the ark. The river is drying up. We are screwed. No, oh, they didn't say it like that, but they kind of did. That's why in Joshua 6, the Bible says Jericho was tightly shut up because of Israel. In other words, Jericho was freaking out. They knew. And Joshua said, you will know that, or God told Joshua, you will know that I'll give you victory in the promised land by this miracle. Because what miracles do is they build your faith for the next level. So if you're ever in need of a breakthrough, you go back to the last breakthrough and you remember. Do you remember, I don't know if you, if you, if you remember this story, but when Jesus, I'm preaching too long now, forgive me. When Jesus uh, calms the storm in the boat, he rebukes his disciples and says, 
don't you remember the bread I multiplied? Why are you talking about bread? We're talking about a storm because they're all connected. Disciples, you wouldn't have freaked out about the storm if you would have remembered the bread. But because you forgot the last thing I did for you, you don't have faith for the thing I want to do for you right now. But if you could ever go back and just look over your shoulder and go, thank you, Jesus. If you multiplied bread and fish, I know you'll calm this storm. If you parted the Red Sea, I know you'll part the Jordan. And if we walk through the Jordan, I know you'll give me Jericho. Oh, come on. Can anyone raise their faith right now? I'm telling you, we're crossing over into everything God has for us. And your children will see it. God will honor it. And the enemy will flee in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on, if you believe it, clap your hands. Give God a great ovation today if you believe this word. I'm preaching to you. We're crossing over. You have the team come. We're crossing over. We're crossing over right in front of Jericho. You watch the devil give up land in this city and give it to us. You watch it. You watch buildings fall in our lap. You watch it. You watch, you watch people who don't even know Jesus go, I don't know why, but we need to give you guys money. You watch it. Watch. Watch. I hope you're recording this because one day I'm going to show it. I'm done. We're going to cross over. Y'all get something? Come on, clap your hands. Thank God for it. I'm, my faith is through the roof. My faith is through the roof. I'm believing God for some big things. You watch. 